What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski. I am sorry that it's dark on video if you're watching this, but I told myself that, oh, you know, this morning when I drive in, I'm going to film a podcast, but, you know, I just completely forgot. And here we are, you watching me in the dark, and hopefully I get onto a street that's a little bit brighter so then you can see my friggin' face. Anyway, um, what I want to talk about today, and, you know, I'm not going to ramble on the beginning parts of this podcast like I usually do because it's going to be a lot of information. So right now in my book that I'm writing, I went over a complete sequence on how I coach the deadlift. And I find myself always in this position where I get people reaching out to me saying like, oh, like, can you look at my deadlift? Or my back hurts when I deadlift? Or I hit a plateau, what should I do? And you know, I always get people to send me videos and a lot of times it's just like small little things that go a long way. And I always make this comparison that, you know, doing the perfect, again, there's no such thing as a perfect deadlift, but a somewhat perfect deadlift. It's almost like you going to the driving range or golfing and you hit that fucking ball for the first time where it just feels perfect. Like, you know, your follow through was good. The ball, when you hit it, it made a perfect, like, ping sound. And I'm probably not describing it the best because I'm not, like, a golfer. Like, I maybe golf once a year, and it's usually for, like, a bachelor party. And, like, by the seventh hole, I'm already drunk. But besides that, the people listening will understand. The moment you hit a golf ball at a driving range, on a course, whatever it is, and you see it go straight, it goes a lot further than it ever did before, and you're like, holy shit, how did I do that? But you know that feeling, like you're like, damn, that was a really good drive. And doing a deadlift is literally the same thing, because when I take the time with a patient or client, um, it's usually in a, um, the rehab setting where you know someone comes in, they're like, oh, it hurts every time I deadlift, and I like just go over um, a few things and they end up understanding um, what the difference is from what they were doing previously to what I want. So I wanted to share with all of you kind of the steps that I take. And again, it's not going to like change drastically, like put your foot two inches this way and everything fixes. Like it's nothing drastic, it's small little things that add up over time. And the first thing that I do is a deadlift screen test. And again, it's kind of hard for me to describe over audio and especially right now when I'm driving, you know, um, filming this thing. Um, But I'm going to post about this eventually because I need to do the video for my new book. But um, it essentially shows me where someone's depth is on a deadlift based on what they have available in their body when it comes to, you know, mobility, stability and all that kind of stuff that I always talk about. 
and a lot of times, I would say nine out of 10 times, people are deadlifting way too low for what their body has available to deadlift effectively. So off the bat, everyone listening that has trouble deadlifting at this point because of pain or soreness in their low back, number one is elevate your deadlift. If it's 145 pound plate on either side of the barbell on the ground to elevate it, what is it, it's like fucking four inches or something like that, to having two 45s on each side. Usually that clears up a lot of stuff. Because in order to go down that far, you need a lot of core stability to reach down, pick up a heavy weight, and not fuck up your back. So that's my step one. Step two is the breathing. So if you do not know how to diaphragmic breathe at all, you have no business deadlifting at all. Let me retract that. You have no business deadlifting heavy. A lot of people have no idea how to utilize their diaphragm. If you've been listening to me or reading my work, you know that I spew out every conversation that if you don't know how to diaphragmically breathe, shit will go sideways and your deadlift is not going to improve. Either you're going to hit a plateau, you're going to injure yourself, or you're going to get a sore low back. That's step two. If you guys want more info, I'm pretty sure I did like a 30-minute podcast episode a couple weeks back on the relation of the diaphragm and how to create core stability. Number three is your foot, like what you do with your feet, the tripod position. So I want you to think of not only driving your heel into the ground, but your big toe and the rest of the toe. So you create a tripod effect onto the ground. You want to think of that tripod as activating your arches. And when people lose contact on those three points, they end up losing balance and falling all over the place. And then wherever the load is, it kind of just falls all over the place. So that's number three. Number four is barbell placement. This seems silly, but if the barbell is not touching your shins when you start to deadlift, it is too far off you. So a lot of times I find people like setting up with like two to four inches away from the barbell and that just gives a host of different problems. So when the weight is in front of you that far out, most likely the fulcrum becomes your lower back. So now every time you deadlift, you're teaching your body that every time I do this lift, my lumbar erectors are gonna turn on and just fucking jam this thing up as much as possible. That's not what we want here. Um, So literally, bring that barbell as close as possible to your shins where you're basically going to scrape the crap out of them. But don't do that. Eventually, you'll learn how to, you know, not do that. Um, The next thing, I think we're at number four now, or five, um, is the grip. So I coached a death grip as hard as possible. You want to break that barbell. Um, You want to think of bending it in half And this kind of relates to the next point, is hiding your armpits. So when it comes to deadlifting effectively, you want to engage those lats. 
So in order to engage those lats, you need your grip. You also need to hide your armpit. So if you think of that motion, if you are bent over and you're hiding your armpits, you're retracting those scaps and you're getting lat engagement, which is huge for the deadlift. Now, the next step is as you start the ascension up in the air to be a badass like you are, you're going to think of pushing your feet out laterally, so to your left and right, at the same time pushing your knees out from left to right laterally. What this does is turn on all those lateral stabilizers in your hip to help you even create more joint centration. I've talked about this a lot, look it up. Um, so we're kind of creating this checklist, if you can already tell, which is very similar to a checklist when you're trying to hit the fucking golf ball off the tee and make sure it goes straight and not into the woods. Um, so now we got the setup, you've elevated it, you're death gripping it, you're hiding your armpits, you have the tripod position with your feet, you have the breath, you're now ascending, you're pushing your feet outwards, you're pushing your knees outwards, and now, as we're coming up, your neck plays a huge role in the deadlift. A lot of people have this bad habit of constantly looking themselves in the mirror when they work out. This doesn't do you any favors. What I want to see is a packed neck, meaning if I'm driving right now and I'm pushing my head into the back of my car seat, that's going to give me a neutral spine from C1 all the way to my L5. I want to be as neutral as possible with my spine. So when I have a kink in my chain and that first chain link at the top of the chain, if I was holding it upright, now the chain is all over the place. I don't have joint centration. I want every joint to be centrated when I'm doing a lift like the deadlift. I want everything tight. I want everything to give me safety in all my joints when I lift this barbell off the ground. Because when the neck hyperextends, looks up like this, the low back likes to copy it. So it's kind of like you know, brother sister relationship, you know? the older brother is the neck and the little sister or little brother is the low back and younger siblings always likes to copy the older sibling so don't let the older sibling dictate how this deadlift's going to look so everything's neutral we're driving up we're exhaling hard at the top at the top i want you to lock out i don't want you to think oh i'm just going to squeeze my glutes I want you to think of squeezing your glutes and pulling your kneecaps towards the ceiling. What this does is ensures that you don't go into hyperextension with the lumbar spine. I find a lot of people when they're like, oh, I need to lock out at the top, my hips have to attack the bar. They end up hyperextending their lumbar spine and they end up like pushing the barbell forward. But if you think of, I'm gonna squeeze my glutes at the top of the lift and then also pull my kneecaps. So now my quads are engaged. It helps me to ensure I don't hyperextend. And then the descension on the way down is pretty self-explanatory. Put the weight down the same way you put it, you picked it up. So that, in a nutshell, is my checklist for deadlifting effectively without fucking up your shit. 
it's very similar to when you get golf lessons and you're on that driving range and your instructor goes, do this, do this, don't forget to do this. Remember what I said about the elbow? Don't forget to do this with your foot. Don't forget about your hip. It's exactly the same, all right? So that is your homework. You have my golden secrets of deadlifting to ensure that your low back is happy. Let me know if this helped. Let me know if you have any questions. Hit the show notes, add me on Facebook and Instagram because I post a lot of stuff in picture and video format and written format that you can't see or listen to. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the support. You guys are amazing. Until next time.